behind the chair. This is America. Does everybody know what time it is? Fix It Radio. All right, it is Fix It Radio. Good morning, everybody. Myself, Greg Bloom, Barber's Foods, joining me today as well. We appreciate Greg. He's a great sponsor of Rush to Reason Drive Radio. We got him now involved in Fix It Radio, so appreciate Greg very much. We're going to talk today about not just meat, but just cooking and all sorts of things that go along with it, including some of the things that, frankly, uh, folks probably use as marketing and so on. If you're listening to us on Tuesday, by the way, we appreciate that very much as well. You guys hear Greg quite often during the week, so uh, we, again, we appreciate him joining us today. If you got any questions, by the way, for Greg at all, feel free to call us. We're live on Saturday, 303. 303- 477-5600. You can text us as well, 307-200-8222. Charlie Grimes, your engineer. Larry Unger answering phones as always. And Greg, good morning. Morning. How are you, sir? Oh, awesome. What a beautiful day. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. You can see the mountains. It's uh, just great. Yeah, nice. Now, for all of you listening as well, we uh, this is heading into Father's Day week, if you would. So next weekend is Father's Day. We will be also, because we'll take the 4th of July weekend off, so a lot of you will be listening to this program as well on the 4th of July weekend. So happy Independence Day. I hate calling it 4th of July. In fact, I'm one that would advocate for changing 4th of July to be like Thanksgiving, where it is the same day, not date, but the same day every year. Get away from calling it the 4th of July. Get it back to calling it Independence Day, which is exactly what it is. And so many people today don't even understand what I just said, but that's a whole other conversation get out the history book <laughs> exactly start reading it's independence or day go to folks. wikipedia at least it's and get the not fourth of july it's right. independence day so uh that is that is a great day in history by the way and for those of you that are listening on on independence weekend we appreciate that very much and uh, we'll get you some good information when it comes to not only you know cooking out for uh, father's day and or uh you know the independence day weekend but just in general because we're gonna talk about a lot of things today that have to do with cooking whether you're inside, outside, the kind of meat you've got, the quality of meat, there's all sorts of things that, how should I say this, Greg? I think a lot of us, at least for me, we learned how to cook from our parents normally. Sure, right. right? Watching mom cook or dad barbecue. Sort of passed down from one mm-hmm. generation to the next. Right. And not saying that's bad. No. But... There are a lot of things that we know today when it comes to cooking and the quality of meats and where the meats have come from. And there's so many things that have changed. You know, I'm in, I'm in the mid-50s. You are too. Yep. A lot of things have changed since we were kids when it comes to all of what I just said and new styles of cooking. I mean, we've even got new machines to cook with today, yeah, air of, fryers, for example. A lot example. of new tools to yeah, use. Lots of new tools, you know, you know digital thermometers, lots mm-hmm. of things mm-hmm. that we've got today at our disposal that we did not have when we were kids. And what does that mean? We have a lot of things to talk about when it comes to how to actually, you know, correctly cook all sorts of meats. And I mean, fish, chicken, pork, beef, bison, ostrich, whatever, we go down the line, right? Right, right. Exactly right. Yeah, and there's uh, just just like anything, you got to stay on top of it. You know, cars have changed over the years, so a car isn't the same as thirty years ago. So we don't want to cook like thirty years ago. We because want to change that up. There's there's a lot of new cool tools in the toolbox, so got to stay up with it. But uh, yeah, 
All right, so if you got any questions along those lines, please let us know, especially a, a specific uh, cooking question when it comes to, you know, how do I prepare X meat or have I been doing X wrong? We'll get into some of those things today. We'll take some calls as well. Again, 303-477-5600. Joe, up back in Jersey. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm good. Yourself, Joe? We're doing well. Doing very well today. Hey, I want to talk about blacktop uh, patch and repair, but before that, a question um, for your guest about beef. You know, I grew up in a cattle ranch, and most uh, black Angus beef and most of our beef graded out as USDA prime because, uh, you know, we would finish it on grain for 30 days and, and whatnot. But um, every once in a while, we'd get a, a cow or a steer get hit by a lightning or break a leg or something. We'd have to butcher it, and it was, you know, quote, grass-fed beef. And I'm always amazed that... Uh, you know, to, it doesn't take nearly as much time and money to get grass-fed, to get a piece of grass-fed beef, nor does it typically grade out as high. So why are the supermarkets charging a premium for grass-fed beef over grain-fed, grain-raised beef? That's a great question. It is. Well, there are a lot of beef producers, God bless them, that are trying to differentiate their their farm, their beef, their brand from the conventional grain-fed. Because most of the grain-fed beef in this country, the majority of it goes through four packers, four very large mm-hmm. packers. So if One of those being JBS that just JBS shut down here JBS, and, and there's Cargill in right. northern Colorado. So Colorado's a big beef slaughter state. But to answer your question, Joe, um, you know, if you're a, a small rancher and you want to differentiate your brand, you're going to say, my beef has never been in a feedlot. It's you know, uh, uh, grass-finished beef. And there's also a lot of people in the um, health community that uh, think that grass-finished beef is better for the environment, better for your body. If you look at the nutritional side-by-side grain-fed beef versus grass-fed beef, they're almost the same, except for omega-3s and omega-6s. And the difference is so minuscule that it doesn't even matter. So um, really, it's just marketing. And honestly, it's not as good for the environment, Joe, to have grain-fed beef out there on all the restaurants because the animals are a year longer, they're a year older, so they've been on planet Earth consuming, you know, resources, grass and water an additional year, and then their carcass weights are two or 300 pounds lighter. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a real big fan of grain, uh, grass-finished beef. I mean, some people like it, great. We got that option for you in the industry, but... Um, I have a blog that uh, says 27 years, it's titled 27 Years of Frustration Serving, Selling Grain, uh, Grass-Finished Beef. <laughs> yeah, it's very inconsistent is the problem. By, by the way, i, I got to tell you, every once in a while, if we, if we uh, had to butcher a cow that, say, got struck by lightning and then that had been on eating green grass, there's something called carotene that would tinge the fat, literally make it green. I always got a kick out of the Yale Sizzler and Golden Corral. When you go in there, the lighting was always intentional, though, because they were serving that Argentinian grass-fed beef. And the reason they had the lights down low, they didn't want you to see the green tint in the fat. Mm. Yeah, the most of the time created. it's yellow tint, but it could be yeah, yellow, yellow or green. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah when, yeah, you, when you put them in the feedlot, they turn, the fat turns white. So that's yeah, it turns just, white, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why the light is always low in the places like the Sizzler. Anyway... I want to talk about blacktop repair since now, <laughs> now the time. I've been doing a lot of it, and I've done it in the past. Uh, I had a in Colorado. I had a, a hundred yard long driveway from right. my house down the barn. Um, you know, you got three types of cracks. You got the little hairline cracks, uh, which you can patch with a liquid, and then you got the ones that are about the size of a pencil. You can do those. They make some pretty good stuff in a caulk gun. And then you got the ones that are bigger than your thumb, and those you really need to put a, a kind of a gravel. They sell stuff in a bucket. Right. It's typically a latex. Right. Uh, it's not oil-based, which is really nice. It's a latex. Um, and you can put that in with a trowel, um, and then you can top coat it. Uh, and you want to let that latex dry and harden. And when you do that, you still want to patch it. You still want to top coat it 
with kind of rubberized liquid that's selling a gallon jug with a spout on it. Because if you don't, water will get down into that coarse uh, film mix and heave it and crack it, you know, in the course of freeze and thaw. So uh, that's my, my three suggestions. Depending on the size of the crack, there's three different approaches. Either pour the liquid over the hairline cracks, and I use a rubber spatula like a kitchen spatula. Yeah, that good you idea. Scrape, that you use to scrape the, the cake mix out of the bowl with, spread that, makes a nice smooth job, pushes it down. If it's pencil width, use a caulk gun and the uh, black blacktop patch and a caulk tube. And if it's more than a thumb, you're going to need to put the, uh, the the kind of the latex gravel mix down in there. It's black. And then when it dries and hardens after three or four days, cover it with that uh, same liquid that you would use for the hairline crack repair. Yep, makes sense. And for, that's for those of you that have, make sure we're do, making sure everybody understands, those are for those of you that have a blacktop driveway, not a concrete driveway. Right. And if you don't, you're going to get freeze-thaw and heaving and cracking, and you're going to wind up with potholes and a really expensive uh, repair bill. So now's a good time of year yep. to do it before it gets blazing hot. You know, go out and do it in the morning. Yep. Yeah, either now or fall is the time to do it. Yeah, now or fall. Um, uh, but don't wait. You know, don't let it go till winter, and don't wait till the middle of summer when it's yeah. you know, nothing worse than working on blacktop when it's 90 Agree. degrees. It's like being on a roof. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've done that, too. So... Anyway, that's my good one. Good one, Joe. As always, I appreciate it, sir. And great comments on uh, on the B side of things as well. And uh, yeah, I, Greg, I think there's and Dan and I used to always before we even met you, Dan, my old co-host, and I used to make uh, jokes, and you know, we were just probably being very honest. I, you know, I I'm <laughs> I'm one of those guys that I you can have all the grass-fed beef you want because I don't really want to eat any of it at all. Period. You know, finish that off with some with the feedlot and i'm and i'm fine hey, the industry does a thing every five years called the beef quality audit where they spend a lot of money um researching and asking consumers and panel groups around the country what what do you like about beef what do you don't like about beef what do you want in your beef and every every year i mean every time they do this it's the same thing we want consistent tasty tender beef so that's only a really accomplished through Using the feedlot, really. So, and there's there's really good managed feedlots. I've been. To I was a lot just going to say, what are some of the misconceptions when it comes to the feedlots? <clears throat> well, there's a few bad feedlots out there. Like there's a few bad apples in every industry, and you of go course. by. You've probably driven by some feedlots that's like a dust bowl, right? And you just see the animals on top of a big manure pile. Now, normally, that's kind of going away because they're being kind of pushed out of the industry if they're managing their feedlot that way but they're still out there there's still some in colorado so that's one thing they're thinking there's a misnomer a lot of consumers think that feedlot beef has been in the feedlot its entire life that's only true for holsteins holsteins male dairy cattle go to the feedlot as soon as they're weaned from their mama which is the day they're born so because they're not because they you don't you never see you know Putting animals in the pasture, like in the mountains, or you know, you drive through the rural parts of Colorado, you see cattle grazing. That's called backgrounding. That's done with Angus cattle and Hereford cattle and all these other things. But you never see dairy Holsteins out there, do you? And yet, dairy Holsteins produce some very high quality beef. In fact, you would be um, hard pressed to go to any steakhouse in Denver that has a name for high quality steaks, and they're they're not serving USDA prime Holstein beef. So that you asked what is some of the, you know, bad things or misconceptions. Well, um, the Holstein beef, they are in the feedlot. And that, that's not the greatest story, really. It's not. 
But the beef that I sell at Barber's Foods. I'm assuming the reason why the males go there is because they can't produce milk. They can't produce milk. So they're, they're and, and and this country doesn't tolerate or eat or whatever veal anymore. When's the last time you had veal? When's the last time you've seen I- Italy? Veal? Yeah, I mean it's e- eaten on the coast. Chicago, New York, you go right. to Italy, you know, but yeah, we had, but we had, <clears throat> you know, for those of you that maybe don't know this, you can drive out towards the Fort Morgan uh, area and still see some old uh, veal farms. Yeah. When, in the way that you know those when you drive by, it used to shock Richard when he was little, you'd drive by and I'd say, there's a veal farm. He's like, what's that? And he's like, he's like, there's just a shed and a pole. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, yeah, because the calf would get tied to the pole and he had a little shed there and they were meant to never walk around. Yeah, and they don't right. do that anymore. They don't raise veal that way anymore because of you know, social acceptance. They right. don't, but still, people just don't eat veal much anymore. So, what do you do with the male Holsteins? You you push them off into the beef side of things, and so. Uh, um, so but, you pr- you process them that way. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. That's why you'll drive around Colorado, northern Colorado. You'll see a lot of feedlots. You'll see Holsteins in there. You're like, what are those Holsteins doing? Those are the dairy cows. Sometimes they're they're not all males. Sometimes they're. Uh, they're Old females. females? That, they're females that, for whatever reason, they Aren't just producing they, enough they, they didn't they didn't hold them back to milk. They didn't they didn't come from um, a mom that has a good record of milking. Okay, she's she's producing half as much because they monitor all sure of them. Sure, they do. Every you single animal has a EFID oh, yes. ear tag. Oh yes, they know exactly how many gallons a day uh, per milk they get out of that animal. So if you have a, a Holstein mom that's just not producing that much milk, you might not keep her offspring around either because there's something in her DNA. You know, so, it's just not yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like some humans. Just like, hey, we're all, we're yeah. all, you yeah. know, you know, pros or cons about the gene pool, but you know. All right, when we come back. We're going to talk about how to cook some of these, um, some of this meat, I should say, some of these animals. Which, you know, I, for some odd reason, I think a lot of people think when they go to the grocery store and they look down the meat aisle, they think that's where it came from. Right. No, it well, didn't. We're so far removed from production, we don't know. <laughs> You're not. Yeah. You see it on a regular basis. So, again, Greg from Barber's Foods, and it's barbersfoods.com, two S's. If there's anything you need, by the way, there's some great Father's Day specials on the website. Just go check it out. And for those of you listening to us on uh, July 3rd on the Independence Day weekend, same situation. You're not going to have enough time to actually order some things to have it by, of course, the 4th of July. But you can order the, you know, the week after or whatever you need, and there's always a great deal on the website, barbersfoods.com. Com. All right, Fix It Radio, we're coming right back. Myself, Greg Bloom, don't go anywhere. Again, this is a Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable interest mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by door, NMLS 298-191, equal credit lender. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. 
Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Managers control their employees. Leaders empower them. John Rush will teach you how to run your business as a leader, not manager, so you have the freedom to do what you love. You went into business for yourself because you wanted freedom, but right now your business couldn't last one day without your involvement. Learn how to stop micromanaging and give your employees more responsibility so you can step back and enjoy yourself. Send an email to john at rushtoreason.com. All right, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560, and we changed direction just a little bit today, having Greg Bloom on. I just thought Father's Day coming up here this next weekend, plus the Independence Day weekend, which we're going to replay this show for, uh, give you guys some tips on just, you know, cooking, how to cook, what to cook, some of the misconceptions when it comes to the different, you know, meats that are out there, and, you know, Greg, I think, again, as I said when we opened up the show, we've all been taught typically how to cook by somebody else I mean somebody's you know either we've learned some things on our own through YouTube you know watching videos listening mm-hmm. to folks like yourself what you know reading all the different blogs things like that but in a lot of cases it's literally been passed down from one generation to the next I mean I, even in my family so you know I learned a lot about you know grilling because the smokers weren't around back when we were kids so that's the other thing that's kind of come into play is people mm-hmm. that have learned how to smoke and do those things but you know I learned how to grill and do those things from my dad now once the smoking came along I taught you know, Richard, my sons, sons, I should say, JJ and Richard both, how to do the the uh, uh, smoking side of the fence, which is literally, uh, how do I want to say, it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. Because literally you've got to do things differently when you're smoking versus when we're doing, you know, grilling. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole other, we'll get into that, this another conversation we can have. But if those of you that are listening have any questions when it comes to meats, the types of meats, how things work, Questions for Greg. You know, we're gonna we're gonna you know dispel some of the myths that are out there when it comes to some of these things. How to properly cook some of the cooking methods and so on. So, what do you want to cover next? By I the wanna, way, our thermometer. I want to talk here, about. I, I want to talk about just making sure that if they have a smoker or a, a barbecue grill and they haven't cleaned it yet this year, that it's real important that they clean it because your meat that you've spent a lot of money on will turn out different on a dirty Traeger. And Wait, you, yeah, you, you need, if you're using it a lot, you really need to pull the top off, pull pull it all apart. Vacuum out the, all the dust, you know, all the ash, and then you know, use a putty knife and get rid of yep. all that grease residue because yep. it'll develop. Actually, I I made a mistake and I didn't do that, and I served wagyu oh three weeks ago to my family, and uh, they said, Dad, this this wagyu normally is delicious, but and it's still good, but it has like an elky taste to it, mm-hmm. and I realized it was because my Traeger was dirty. And I had to clean it. So, you know, clean that grill. It's not a fun project, you know, but No, it's I do mine after. Uh, in, I have a different type of a smoker than than what the, the Traegers are. And in mine, it, it's required because of the way it's designed where I actually have my hot box. Um, it's not as forgiving uh. on the ash. So in mine, and I think just the guy that I bought it from, you know, I, I mean, 
to give him credit, he's the one that told me, hey, you know, about after every third or fourth cook, go ahead and, you know, get everything cleaned out. And I'm very good about doing that. And in turn, mm-hmm. I've got a smoker that looks almost new. And to your point, I just don't have all of that residue and junk that's inside of it. And then, and then typically about once, oh, I don't know, once a year, um, I'll just almost tear the thing down, mm-hmm. you know, to where it's just completely, you know, apart and clean it all up and away you go. So that's a great point because most people don't do anything. And same with a gas grill. They don't do that either. No. You just let it go until it starts on fire. <laughs> it doesn't start anymore. <laughs> yeah, not a good way to do not it. Not a good folks. way to do it. No. No, that's right. I think I read somewhere that uh, the number one uh, fire department call is people that have lit their deck on fire or the side of their house. They've got the barbecue too close that to the house. Would and not start, shock start me. The side that would fire. not shock me. Um, okay. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, By the way, that's a conversation probably at a later date here on Fix It Radio when it comes to just those particular things and how – how we should be maintaining those on a regular basis. There's lots of things that way. Joe and I talked about that a few weeks ago as well. We got into barbecues, and it just sort of started to you know, snowball one thing after another after another. But if you got a question on meat at all, even – and by the way, no dumb question. Uh, I just learned something a moment ago, and this is why I say there's no dumb questions. Uh, we're going to talk about buffalo in just one second because I learned something during the break that I did not know before. In fact, Charlie and Larry didn't know this either. So there's no dumb questions. If you've got a question on any kind of meat, fish, poultry, you name it, give us a call, 303-477-5600. You can text us, by the way, a question at 307-200-8222, 307-200-8222. And I've got that up in front of me, or if that comes in, we can answer that question as well. So Buffalo, explain what you just told me during the break that I did not know, by the way. There are um, some, and I won't say a lot, but there are some restaurants uh, around the country that have buffalo on the menu. So okay. you go in there and you see the buffalo burger. And you, you would just presume, I think, wouldn't you, if you saw that, would you presume we're talking Native American yes. bison? Yeah, yeah, because I'm from Colorado. I would assume that that's buffalo. Right. Yes. But this is more predominant on the East Coast and the West Coast where there's larger populations and more uh, savvy wholesalers. But they're pushing uh, Southeast Asian raised water buffalo from, you know, Vietnam or okay. that part of the world. And they uh, slaughter those animals over there and then send the trim over here frozen. It's buffalo, but it's water buffalo. And so it could be on the menu mixed with beef or straight, straight as a buffalo burger. So it's really important when you see a buffalo burger to ask the wait staff or the chef or whoever, say, I want to know, is this buffalo or is this North American bison? And so I only use the word bison, and so does the uh, National Bison Association, which, by the way, is headquartered here in Westminster, Colorado. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, for the whole country. I did not know mm-hmm. that. So uh, okay. we, as an industry, like to use the word bison to differentiate to, to, from— So you distinguish that with— Right. Outside of the water buffalo. And we encourage restaurants to put bison on the menu, but you know why most don't? Because most people just think Buffalo Bill, Buffalo. They watched, you know, the Kevin Costner movie, Tatanka. They just think Buffalo. Yeah, they think Buffalo. So just it's just important to ask and to know that there are there are little And and I'm assuming and I correct me correct me if I'm wrong, but when we start talking about bison that is served in restaurants and so on and Mm -hmm. even the bison that you sell, those come from bison farms where they literally are raising those animals just like you would a normal, you know, cattle rancher right. that's actually raising beef. It's the same situation. So we're not taking, you know, buffalo, quote unquote, from the wild and, you know, changing our herd population that way. This is this is all done the correct way. Right. These are family farms raising 
bison just like beef cattle would be raised. We're not we're not calling the animals out of Yellowstone National Park. And just like people sometimes say, do you sell Colorado elk? I say it's illegal to do that. Yeah, you, you can't, can't you can't do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> you go to jail. Yeah, so. you can't do that. Now there are elk farms and there are venison farms right. and ostrich farms and we can go down the list. And every right. one of those, they right. are raising those animals to do exactly what we said. Right. Now they if they go to a restaurant and see a bison steak on the menu, very, very rarely would that be from a water buffalo animal because the only thing you can really do with those tough worked animals is grind them. Right. So they turned into grind. So they're only going to be on as a burger, not not as a steak. So okay. you can go to any high-quality restaurant around town and get a bison ribeye or buy a bison ribeye from us or a bison tenderloin. And, and what's the difference? Because I, I think I know, but what's the difference between a, a bison, a, you know, bison burger, bison steak versus a regular, you know, Angus? Well, the animal is, you know, indigenous to this country, cattle or not. Cattle are brought over on the second voyage of Christopher Columbus, which landed in Puerto Rico, and they made their way to uh, Mexico, and then cattle came up from Mexico to the United States. But bison, of course, are, are natives here. They're, they were here before we were. So, um, And the, there's a lot fewer of them raised. The reason why you can go anywhere and buy bison, and it's twice as expensive as beef, or at least, you know, a lot more mm-hmm. expensive than beef, 2 or $3 a pound as, as a grain, there's so far fewer of them just just to you know just a supply issue like anything else right there there's there's you know i don't know like four thousand bison um producers in this country there's six hundred and fifty thousand beef producers every week in america um about five hundred and fifty thousand head of cattle are slaughtered a week in america so half a million a week bison about a thousand head a week in the whole country Wow, that's so huge. it's it's a small huge niche difference. industry. Okay, so that's why it costs more. It's supply and demand. And the difference in the actual meat quality, taste, all of that. Well, it's interesting because the way God made the bison uh, animal is they don't marble when you put them in the feedlot, and most of them are put in the feedlot uh, just like beef to change the flavor, just mm-hmm. like in the beef industry, and also to put some more muscle on them. But they don't marble, so you'll go see a a bison ribeye, and you'll go, ooh, just looking at it raw, you're like, that's not going to taste good. There's no intermuscular fat in there or marbling. It's going to be awesome if it was finished on grain, just like beef. Um, it's interesting that it's once a leaner you, beef, right? Yeah, very much leaner. Okay. Very much leaner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot leaner. And it's, so if it, you're somebody worried about the fat content of your beef, that's where the bison comes in. Yeah, if you play, don't like right? the saturated fats in beef, or, or if you like um, grass-fed beef, you would also like bison. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting, though, once, you know, I going in and out of slaughter plants and you see the animals slaughtered and the you see the bison carcasses hanging next to the beef carcasses the bison's carcasses are smaller you take their robe off really you take their robe off and they're dinky yeah i didn't know that you know i would have thought they'd yeah. be bigger no they're not that which is why That's they another need, misconception another misconception and if you if you don't feed them in a feedlot for three months like we'd mostly do in the industry their their ribeyes are so small they're hardly worth the effort to harvest the animals. So I didn't know yeah. that. So be wary of anyone telling you that they have grass finished bison. It's probably not true. Very rarely can it be because done of what well. you just said. Yeah, because the ribeye the ribeye would it. be about as big as a tenderloin. It would be uh, about two by three. It wouldn't I, it wouldn't work. Okay. Out. I learned something. I didn't know that. But in Colorado, if you're, you know, eating around any restaurant in Denver area, mm-hmm. Colorado that they, they, these chefs are pretty savvy, and you know, Colorado is the pretty much the bison capital or one of the bison capitals of the world. We have a lot of bison's processing done here. We have three of the biggest companies in the United States that uh, process bison, headquartered in Colorado. 
Um, and so, gosh, the further you go east, the harder it is to find bison on a menu or anywhere. Okay. So, again, didn't know that. Is yeah. their digestive system the same as a regular cow? No. Or that uh, you cud? They're, yeah, they're a ruminant animal just like beef. So they, they have, you know, uh, the four stomachs and the rumen, you know, processes all the, the first chamber processes and turns um, really uh, grass that's useless to humans, you know, at all are weeds and they can upcycle them, turn into protein. Okay. But the difference is, um, this is a fascinating thing about the, the bison animal. And, you know, I think God made them this way to survive the winters in North America. They, um, they can dial down their metabolism so that if they can't eat for a month because of the snow, they, they're okay. They're fine. And even lactating cows can still produce milk for their babies with no food. I didn't know that. And they're also, if you just look at them and like, why do they have that big hump? Well, if you look at them, they're, they're very muscular up front. They can move snow around. They can move three feet of snow left and right and eat. And, you know, cattle can't, they'll die. Three feet of snow, domestic cows, they're going to die. Right. Or they need they're hay. Done. They need right. help. Yeah. You know, farmer has to run something, something right. out there, right. Right. run a hay wagon out right. there, yep. whatever, yep. you know. But, but no, bison, I have cows next door to me. I know exactly what you Bison mean. don't need help yep. like that. You can have uh, be a Kansas bison farmer, and there's a snowstorm, and there's four feet of snow. Pretty much unless there's calves out there, they'll be fine. Because they dialed down their I metabolism. Know that. Whereas beef cattle cannot do that. So what is is the hump just all muscle or all what's muscle. in the hump? All, all muscle. muscle. All muscle. Yeah. So it's not edible. No. Well, really. some people ask me sometimes, can I get the hump? I'm like, you wouldn't even want to. Even if you sous vide cooked it for 47 days, it's still tough. So you, we just grind it. We grind it. We use all the parts of the animal. But uh, and one thing I do know about a bison burger, and I get these from you, mm-hmm. your shrinkage of that burger is nil. There's right. not much shrinkage there. So They're leaner than beef. Whatever, pies. whatever the size is coming out, you know, putting on the smoker or the or the you know the barbecue, whatever you're doing, it's not changing much in size. Right. Right. Yeah. That's because right. of how lean it is. Right. That's right. And you really can't walk away from the grill when you, you shouldn't walk away from the grill no matter what you have on there, steaks because you know you could just get distracted and right. they're overcooked. Right. Um, but uh, they're they're lean. You know, average bison patty that you're going to buy from Barber's Foods or anywhere is going to be eighty five or ninety percent lean. Versus beef patties are usually eighty percent lean. More okay. So when you see on the package, and I know we're going to get into this in just a minute, though, when you see on the package at most supermarkets, and you're looking at hamburger, and it says X, you know, fat content or X lean or whatever, is that marketing? Is it true? What's the scoop there? No, it's it's true. They the USDA allows a two percent variance. So if it says 80, 20 percent lean, twenty percent fat, they're allowed to be off by two percent either way. So it could be seventy eight or it could be eighty two. Okay. So usually it's so if it says ninety, it's either eighty eight or ninety two. Right, and okay. it's not that hard to tell. You yeah, know, you if it's it. off by five percent. You know, I right. can tell an 80% lean burger from a 75% lean burger just by, by looking at it. Looking at it, And then if I cook it, then I can really tell because sure. it shrinks more. There's sure. more grease. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, and, and fat adds flavor. There's a there's a, the Denver burger battles coming up first week of August. And it's at the area campus. And if you guys have time, it's a great, great. You have 30 restaurants battling for the, the bragging rights for the next year of, you know, best burger. Right. And it's a lot of fun. You just go around and. Sample burgers, you know, and it's a hundred bucks, but it's Still, it's fun. Nice. It's fun. It's just take take some that. friends. It's a oh, lot that'd of fun. Be fun. Yeah. So right now, you know, since I supply some of the restaurants that compete, they're like, hey, we 
we need the best burger. So they're, they're dialing up the fat content to 75% lean instead of 80 because saturated fat okay. adds flavor. Makes, yeah, it makes it taste That's why better. butter's so good. You know? Right, so, right. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to come back and dispel some more myths. If you got any questions for Greg, call us 303-477-5600. And it's Barber's Foods is where you can go to actually order any of the meat you want. Anything we're talking about here today, it's all there. Plus a lot of items we'll probably not get time to get to. And that's with two S's, barbersfoods.com. We'll be right back. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Take aim. Affordable Interest Mortgage has been offering the Asset Manager all-in-one loan for over 11 years. We are experienced in helping homeowners pay thousands less in interest on their mortgage, own their home faster, all without spending one dime more. 720-895-0500. Take aim. Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we have hundreds of clients that have been using this loan to build their equity faster, access emergency funds when necessary, and pay off their home in 8 to 13 years versus 25 to 30. People initially believe this loan is too good to be true, but it is true. Call 720-895-0500 now to see if you qualify. Loans from 100000 to $2.5 million, same rate. Ask our previous clients. They will tell you it works. Call 720-895-0500 and work with the experts. This loan has been around since 1965. Affordable interest mortgage, where it's all about you. 720-895-0500. Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298191, Equal Credit Lender. Save thousands of dollars by extending the life of your roof instead of replacing it with RoofMax. The cost of asphalt roofing products has already gone up 20% and will likely go up another 20 to 25% this summer. To make matters worse, it's getting harder to find quality contractors, which means the cost of labor has gone up recently. As roof replacements become more and more expensive, roofing companies will start passing along that cost to their customers. Roof rejuvenation with RoofMax could save you up to 85% by adding years of performance to your asphalt roofing. Just one application of their all-natural bio-oil immediately adds five years to your roof, guaranteed. With up to three applications every five years, RoofMax could help your roof last up to 15 years longer. Call Dave Hart with RoofMax in South Aurora now at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. All righty. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Greg Bloom, Barber's Foods with us today as well. Charlie Grimes, Engineer Larry Unger, of course, answering phones. 303-477-5600 is how you can call us. If it's Tuesday, by the way, you're listening between 2 and 3 o'clock on a Tuesday. Thank you very much. You can 
you can send us a text message. In fact, if it's a question for Greg, I'll still get him the, the question, still get you answered, because he'll do that during the week for us as well, 307-200-8222. And don't forget, we're going to replay this program on July 3rd as well. So if you're listening on the Independence Weekend, thank you very much. We're not here to answer your call. But again, text us. I'll still get those questions answered, even if it's for Greg. We're always around. We're always communicating with each other. Not a problem to get that answered, even if it's on a weekend like that. Just let us know, and we will handle it. Mike in Colorado Springs, you got a question. What's going on, sir? Hello, Mike. Oh, Mike, are you there? Hello, Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. Isn't that a commercial for, uh, isn't that the uh, hump day commercial? Mike, 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 Mike. All right, I'm going to put Mike on hold for just one second, Charlie. Get him lined up. We'll get his question answered. He's got a question on infrared grills, which, by the way, is a great question. So we'll, yeah. get, it, we'll get that answered. All right, real quick, talk about what you brought, too, as well. Yeah, I brought some uh, uh, meat thermometers. These are just tools, you know, for cooking a great steak. And the question I get asked probably the most often, and it just seems like such an easy answer, but people don't know how to cook a restaurant-quality steak. Okay. How do you properly cook a steak? And there, there's some know-how. Well, one of the things you need to do, whether you're cooking a steak or a roast or even a burger, right. is to have some tools of the trade. So I've got good, better, and best. I've got an analog. Right. The cheap. old... The Five. old regular dial. We used to use those for air conditioning. Right. And the problem with these, they're good. They're cheap. You can buy them anywhere. They're four or five bucks. The problem is they're not very accurate. Okay. And you have to calibrate them. Okay. You have to put them in um, a cup of ice with water in it and then hold the stem here on the bottom. And that ice water should be at 32 degrees and see I can move that oh, dial. So you adjust it. They're not that accurate. They're off by a couple. But if you don't if you don't know to do this when you get it out of the package, You'll you might be off by five degrees. Wow. So see how okay. that spins? Yeah, okay. I see that. Then I've got a digital one here, much better. And then yep. I've got your, you yep. know, I just bought this at a big box store for 30 bucks. They're great. But this is the digital with, this isn't the wireless one. This is the one where the cable goes through right. the oven door. Right. But uh, there, there's, you can spend 50 bucks on this if you want to connect Bluetooth to your phone. Well, I don't think you need to be that far away from the grill anyway or the oven, but whatever you want to do. I just have, you, you want to cook, you know, a steak, medium rare, to 135, 140. That's it. And, and realize that it's going to keep cooking yeah, it'll, after it'll it comes off. That's right. Good so point. you always cook five degrees less than you want it, and then you hold it for five minutes, and it's going to keep going. It's going to grow. That residual heat. And the bigger the steak, the more residual that's heat right. it retains. That's right. So that's Great one point. big mistake. People are like, I, I thought these were going to be medium rare, and when I served them, there was no pink left. That's well, right. you didn't take them off the grill. Because they kept cooking. They kept cooking. Right. All right. We'll answer this question now. Mike and Carter Springs, what's going on, Mike? Hey, you guys hear me now? I can hear you now. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Mike. Okay, I've been hearing some commercials about an infrared uh, out grill instead of a, uh, you know, the yep. regular propane. Yes, yes. Uh, what's your opinion on them? Are they any good? Go ahead, Greg. I, I, I've, I've researched it, but go ahead. I, I think they're great. I don't have one because I have a, a gas grill that will get very hot. But in general, the idea is awesome. You want to cook a steak at the hottest temperature possible. You know, if you can get that surface of that grill to... 500, 600, 700. You go to a, a nice steakhouse in town, they've got an infrared grill. The only issue I have with them is they're kind of hard to keep clean. Right. But And they're expensive if you buy a good oh, one. Yeah, it, they are. To, to buy the, a good quality one, Mike, that will stand up because the infrareds, uh, if everything I've read, a cheap one will not last. You know, they will have issues with the actual burner itself. So the reality is you've got to buy a good infrared. And I will tell you, Mike, a good infrared will run you about – Four times as much money as its gas grill counterpart. You can spend not, two grand easy. I'm on not exaggerating. Yeah. Right, right. But oh, they're okay. they're awesome if you don't. They're nice. Yeah. Okay, that, that sounds good. Yeah, because I just seen like a what? Because it's just me and my wife. They had a real small one, like an Ace Hardware. 
I don't know if they're any good. What they're brand is not. it? I've oil, I think. I, I, I think it's I don't know, to be honest with you. Well, I'll tell you something about Ace Hardware. They they know their grills. They have probably a grill expert in each store and so just ask them because they they'll know. They'll they'll tell you all the ins and outs of it. I've never bought a, 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 a the improper piece of equipment at Agreed. Ace Hardware. Yeah. Agree. Yep. Okay, so I, when I go to Ace Hardware I'll ask them about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and again, nothing right. wrong with them. And by the way, Mike, the other thing that I've seen that I think is a good combo. Now you got to be careful here because some of the side burner infrareds that will come on a gas grill are good quality. Some are not. Right. You kind of got to watch that. But there, there is some combo grills where they're not as expensive because there's only one small infrared burner. Where if you're going to, you know, do a steak only or a couple of steaks, and you want to do it with the infrared, you can. And we're going to talk about how that works on the steak side. Because infrareds for steaks work really, really well. Yeah, the thing that I look at when I'm looking at infrared grill is think about where's the grease going to go as the meat is cooking. Right. If it can't fall somewhere down past the infrared, like if you have a solid infrared grill that's as big as a piece of paper here, it's it's really going to be hard to keep clean and that's it's not right. going to last that long. But that's if you right. have an infrared grill oh, that's right. like strips of two inches and the grease has somewhere to go, go in between, between them. then it's a little better yeah, quality. But they're higher, they're higher price, Mike. Right, right. Okay, well, thank you for your information. You're very welcome, Mike. I appreciate it. One thing, if we get time today, we'll get into also is uh, there's a new, and I got one for Father's Day uh, from my family, so I'm very thankful for that, and uh, we'll see how this works in the next week or two. I, I got one of the Blackstone griddles, so nice. we'll talk about Those that here cool. in the coming weeks as well. So, uh, Kathleen, though, in Boulder, you've got a question yes. for us. Go ahead, Kathleen. Yes, I do. Um, I have bunnies invading my yard, baby bunnies, and yep. they're eating like tomato worms and the lawn and the garden. Any suggestions? How do I get rid of them? Without killing them, and, uh-huh. I mean, and I mean that sincerely because there's a lot of folks out there where really the only way to get rid of them completely is to do what I just said, which I don't particularly like doing. Um, I don't. I wouldn't. You, no. the, the best way that I have found, Kathleen, is if you've got the ability with either uh, an extension cord, or which you got to be careful because they can chew that. So you have to kind of keep things out of their reach to where because they'll chew the wires and things like that too if if it if it's laying on the ground. But I like the uh, the ultrasonic they call them rodent, uh, and they make ra- they make them for rabbits, squirrels, uh-huh. everything. I like those uh, ultrasonic sound. They put out a sound. You plug it into a 110 outlet, mm-hmm. and they put out a sound that will literally keep them away. And, and they yes, they do work. Now you need to move them around because they will get used to those. But if uh-huh. you move them around and, and kind of watch that, you can you can eliminate that from your garden with just that. Oh, great suggestion, because I have tried Life Trap with, sprayed with apple juice. They don't work. Juice. Nope. I, I agree. <laughs> it doesn't work. The only thing I have found, and by the way, this works also for rodents, for voles, for anything you want to keep out of an area, uh, that ultrasonic, you know, the, the folks that have designed mm-hmm. these things have got it dialed in, and they work. Well, those ultrasonics bother a dog? Nope. Okay. They do not. So. Nope, they do not. I have an old cat, so he's too old to catch him, but he's not too old to keep him away. Got it. He's 16 years old, so if you could adopt an old cat, maybe there. There you go. Yeah, well, and of course, Kathleen, dogs. I mean, I've noticed since my dog passed away, my rabbit, you know, population around the house has just, you know, blown up. But you know, a dog mm-hmm. also keeps them out. But that's a whole nother, you know, yeah. that's a whole nother yeah, animal. Dog, cat, right? And my husband says no to those. No so. to those. Then do the then do the electronic way, and it'll work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do I get it from an Ace Hardware? Uh, store Ace Hardware, or? Home Depot, Lowe's, Amazon, online, pretty much anybody. Yep. Okay. 
They work. And and by the way, Kathleen, my experience, you don't have to buy the most expensive, fanciest one. They all pretty much work the same. Oh, very good. Thanks for the tip. You're very welcome. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Appreciate it very much. Okay, Mike up in Sterling joining us now on uh, Got a Comment on Smokers. Go ahead, Mike. Hi. Uh, I want to confess that I'm a a smoker grill addict now. Me too. Me too. It gets in your blood. It does. It's a. It, it might. It's a. It literally is not only a. You know. Yeah. It's a hobby, and you know, it's one, something I just enjoy doing, and you play with it, and you do different meats and so on. But yeah. I, I also just like the way everything tastes, Mike. I mean, once you get addicted, oh, yeah. I sold my gas grill about I don't know four or five months after having my smoker, and I haven't owned a gas grill literally in probably six years, seven years. Well, I have one sitting next to the smoker that's idle. Yep, and you will probably find you using it even less and less over time, Mike. What kind of smoker yeah. do you have, Mike? Yeah, what'd you buy? Uh, I didn't buy, I was gifted uh, a Z-Grill. Okay. And uh, that was one of the things that I wanted to say is that uh, Traeger isn't the only people that make nope, these Nope, they are not. They They were sort of the... I don't even want to say they were in the inventor, Mike, because they weren't. They were the they were the people that marketed well and really brought smoking to the general populace on uh-huh. a a less expensive basis. Let's and, say it and that put way. their smokers everywhere, so access right. was easy. You That's can right. get it anywhere. That's right. But you but to your point, you're right. They are not the only one that makes. Smokers. There's some other great brands. Right? Yes. Oh yeah, there's some there's some really good ones out there. Yes. Uh, and, and by the I, way, you make a great point. It's something we should have already made mention of, if not in the weeks past now, Mike, is that what you just said. There are a lot of other really good, solid brands. Just, folks, listen, do your research, because there's also some really junk brands on the market, Mike, as well, so you really got to watch that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. Uh, Z-Grill is a, a little bit hard to uh, uh, talk to them, because you're talking to, I think, Chinese people or okay. something. Uh, when you talk to customer service, okay, but uh, you know I know. Well, all the Traegers are made in China, so I mean, again, I'm not trying to badmouth either one of those. But the fact is that they were made stateside for a long time until they got so big, and then they put all their production over in China. Yeah, and so. then then it gets to where it's hard to talk to them. Right. Uh, you know they don't understand you, but. There, there's a lot of difference in pellets, too. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. And I think that needs brought up. Okay, and... we'll talk about that. That's a great point. i got to run yeah. to break, Mike. I'll do that, though. We'll we'll get into that as well. Thanks for the call. I do appreciate it. We'll talk about, actually, some of the other brands, and uh, Greg and I both can talk about pellets as well. So we'll do that as soon as we come back, and we got other things to cover as well. And some of what we don't cover, by the way, in this first hour, we may very well just kind of jump into drive radio and cover a few things there as well because it's a great topic that i know a lot of you are are very interested in and given it's father's day weekend here next weekend and then on top of that i'm going to replay this for independence weekend as well so we'll be right back though fix it radio klz 560 can you believe how low rates are staying still in the twos back in the 40s and the 50s rates were in the five to six percent range how much longer are you going to wait Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable Interest Mortgage, 
Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM 720-895-0500, where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by door, NMLS 298191, equal credit lender. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Managers control their employees. Leaders empower them. John Rush will teach you how to run your business as a leader, not manager, so you have the freedom to do what you love. You went into business for yourself because you wanted freedom. But right now, your business couldn't last one day without your involvement. Learn how to stop micromanaging and give your employees more responsibility so you can step back and enjoy yourself. Send an email to john at rushtoreason.com. All right, here we go. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Greg Bloom from Barber's Foods, and great topic. And, yeah, we're, we're going to run a few things in the drive radio as well today, folks, so stay, keep listening. I know that we do a lot of car stuff on drive radio as well, but this is a great topic. We'll continue on, and uh, there's just no way we can cover all of what we want to do here today in one hour. But Wayne in Colorado Springs has a comment as well. Wayne, go ahead, sir. Hey, John, how are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Well, I am doing well. Hey, I wanted to bring up a couple points. I, I have a uh, infrared grill that I bought about eight years ago. Nice. Uh, based upon the promise that it would get hot enough to cook steak properly, because the other gas grills really didn't. Uh, that all, that one also failed. And that was a fairly expensive grill. So I decided to buy an, a, a ceramic egg-style smoker for smoking. But I also found that that um, uh, egg-style grill... Uh, I can get that thing up to 800 degrees, and I can do a steak properly on that. Much better than I've ever been able to do on any gas appliance that I've ever had. And, uh, you know, 800 degrees will cook an inch and a half thick steak in about five minutes a side. And it'll be nice yep. and charred on the outside and rare on the inside, which yep. is the way I prefer it. That's we're, a great way to cook yeah, a steak. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, too. Greg, I, by the way, Wayne, thank you very much. We're going to talk about that, just how to do the, the steaks here in just a moment as well. Before we do that, though, talk about what you did today. Oh, here? Yes. Well, I went to the uh, local neighborhood retail store in my neighborhood, and I bought a steak. Colorado Angus beef is on, sticking on it. On sale. And I just want to talk. I get asked all the time. By the way, this is an average. This is an average size steak. Nothing big. Nothing small. I would say this is a very you know medium sized steak. Yeah. Sixteen bucks. Yeah, it's probably ten ounce steak. Okay. 
And, uh, you know, I, I get asked all the time, why can't I buy a steak for my dad for Father's Day or for Independence Day? We have we want to do some steaks. Right. Why are they not restaurant quality steaks? When I didn't go cheap, I spent 16 bucks on right. them. It's because um, they're not being aged anymore. When they're in a tray overwrapped. So they're or, in a styrofoam tray. Or in the full service meat department, yeah. you know, where they cut them or right. the aging has stopped. And, there isn't any. And, and, and steak is not like hamburger or fish where it needs to be as fresh as possible. Steak needs to be aged for typically 30 days. Okay. The, the bacteria in the vacuum container that was packed in the packing plant is, is changing the flavor and making it richer and more tender every day. And then once you open that vacuum sealed, you know, mm-hmm. call it Kravac bag, then the aging stopped. So there's no aging anymore when they're cut in the full-service meat department, that case. It's done. And you don't want steak that's been hand-cut that day. You want steaks that are in a vacuum-sealed pouch the way Barber sells them. We age all of our steaks for 30 days and then freeze them, and that's what a restaurant chef would do. A restaurant chef would never serve a steak that has no age on it because it would be bad. It would come back to the kitchen. So that's the biggest thing other than cooking. So that's how you get a restaurant-quality steak. How do you cook one now? So you cook one. I like to put these out for an hour at room temperature and just let them kind of um, come up to temperature a little bit. You, you would never, ever cook a steak from frozen. So, right. gosh, if you didn't plan on having steaks for dinner and it's this time of day, you can speed-thaw them in cold water if they're still in the vacuum package. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't do this. No. You're going to have water all right. around it. You, right, never right. Want, right. you never want water touching meat, you know, especially steak. Because it's going to change the flavor. but um, So I, I put this out on the counter for an hour, and then I um, get my grill as hot as possible. Hot as possible. So whatever method you have, and if you don't have a grill that will get very hot or you know won't go past 300, use a cast iron skillet in your kitchen. You can get that hot. Yep. That's a great way to cook in cast iron. And if you're using cast iron, use butter. But if you have a grill that will get hot, um, salt and pepper on each side, and then put it there, and do not walk away. Do not walk away from it. Uh, because it's just so easy. I mean, as as any protein gets more and more done on the grill, it cooks quicker and quicker at the right, end. Faster and faster. Faster right. and faster. So you might come out and those that steak looks like it's half done, but it really accelerates at the end. So um, you could try to just flip it once, not back and forth. Flip right. it one time. Or if you like the cool thing that restaurants do where the grill marks are like offset. Cross, crisscross. You can yeah. crisscross. You know, you can move right. it once on each side, but you're not flipping it. Right. But don't don't flip it like a burger back and forth and all that because um, that's just not the best way to do it. I could go into why, but just don't do it that way. And then um, use a thermometer. Use right. For your internal temp. Any kind of a thermometer. A digital one. And, and real quick, by the way, everything that we brought into the studio today will be on the website and the Facebook page as well, so you can go check out the different thermometers we talked about today. So go check that out, fixitradio.com. Anne's got all that up. She was just asking me for pictures, so she's already got that handled. So you'll have pictures of what we're talking about. Use a thermometer. Use a thermometer, exactly. So Because it's really hard to tell if you're cooking, you know, medium-rare steaks. How do you know when that steak is done, you know? Without cutting down the middle, you don't. Yeah, you can. You can cut down the middle, but that's better than nothing. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to want to cook a medium-rare steak to... Um, 135, 130, 135, and then realize, this is the biggest mistake people make, they don't realize that all meat keeps cooking after right. it leaves the grill. Right. And the bigger the muscle, the more it keeps cooking because of the retained heat. So, so we call that resting the meat. Resting the meat, it normally keeps 
cooking for another five degrees. By the way, folks, these are a lot of the things that you learn when you get a smoker mm-hmm. and you start doing bigger chunks of meat, whether it be you know ribs or briskets or roasts or things like that. You learn a lot of these things, which, by the way, I did not know anything Greg was talking about prior to owning a smoker. Well, because you learn. Because you, you learn when you start smoking meats all these little tricks of the trade. In fact, one of the tricks in the trade of a of a somebody that really knows how to do smoking and do it well is you want a really good solid cooler like a Yeti kicking around that when you're done with that meat, you wrap it up in a towel and you put it in the cooler for 30 minutes or so. Right. Yeah. Let it finish it, it off. It keeps cooking and it sets up. Well, the other thing, the other thing that it does, especially on like a pork shoulder, is it will continue to break down those muscles mm-hmm. and things that are in that pork shoulder after you've pulled it right. off the grill. Same as a brisket. It's continuing to break those things down and make it more tender. And then as it's resting also, it sets up so that when you slice it, whether it's a steak or a roast or anything, it doesn't purge all the liquid out, you know, all the good juice in there. Right. So that's another reason you want to let it rest. So, hey, the one of the mistakes that people make a lot of times is they, they don't realize you, you don't want to cook the steaks until everyone's sitting down and ready to eat them. You don't, they're not going to hold for a half an hour. Right. You don't want to put them in the oven to keep them hot. No, now you're cooking So more. at my house, I mean, I tell everyone, hey, the steaks are going to be done at X, and you need to be sitting down right. at the table. Ready to eat. Because that's when I'm going to have this steak from the resting point to your plate, just like you wanted it, medium rare, rare, well done. You know, so be ready. Be ready. Yeah. Don't, 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 like, don't, it's like the restaurant. Be ready for the steak to show up. Right, right. Good idea. Yeah, so just a little time okay, so real quick, too. I know we got a minute left or so before we end this program. I'll keep you around for Drive Radio for a little bit as well. Sure. But real quick, what are some of the specials you've got right now at Barber's Foods? We've got Ray great uh, deal on uh, ribeye steaks. There's eight in a box. They're a 10-ounce Colorado-raised aged ribeye steak that we aged for 30 days prior to freezing. So it's a restaurant-quality steak, eight in a box. So it's not like a four or $500 spend. Uh, we have Wagyu that is exp- more expensive if you want Wagyu it's delicious, beef. delicious, by the way. But, but, but we have a great variety of steaks right now, and I would say you can't go wrong. It's, it's great, great quality meat. So and we have we have everything there. We still have some um, uh, salmon fillets from Terran. Which, by the way, the, the salmon real quick. I know we're running out of time, but folks, typically salmon, if it's raised in a farm, is not pink. They're adding dye right. to make that salmon colored, and it'll say on the package, sometimes in very small print, that they've added that dye. But if it's not... Regular fresh salmon from the ocean, they're adding dye. Exactly. Any farm-raised salmon, they're adding dye. And you have to have reading glasses to normally see that on the back of the package, but you don't want to eat that. No, you do not want that. And we'll get into that maybe a little bit into drive radio. Uh, We're going to have Greg hang around just a little bit longer. If you've got questions for him, please let us know, 303-477-5600. And again, if it's one of the weekends where we're not actually here live or it's a Tuesday, feel free to text us, 307-200-8222, Real quick, Greg, what if somebody's in like Carter Springs or Fort Collins or Pueblo and they want to get a a pack of meat? How quickly do they need to order so they can get it at their front door? Try try to give us at least three days, three days lead time so that we can get it to you. Because in the Denver metro area, it's a little easier because our trucks are all over here. But we deliver uh, outside the metro area just sometimes just once a week. So just get it in. a little time. Yeah. That'd be great. You guys will get all get all that handled. So again, barbersfoods.com. There's two S's in that. Barbersfoods.com. Get your order in. Also, if you call them on the phone, please let them know you heard them on Fix It Radio, Drive Radio, both of these on Saturday. Please let them know that. We would appreciate that very much. We'll be back. Drive Radio's coming up next. Or if it's Tuesday, it'll be Rush to Reason following up. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is KLZ 560.